Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, our study continues today on the topic, Perspective Shift. We'll be focusing in Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41. Let's dig in. As we come to our passage today, we're actually going to go from a macro view of what's been happening as the church has been exploding. And whenever things grow quickly, oftentimes there are issues and problems and disagreements about the way things should be done or the path that should be taken. So we've just in Acts chapter 15 come through a, a rather large uh, conflict and disagreement in the church. And you can imagine how all of the major players there, the apostles and the elders, may uh, have at this point kind of taken a, a breath and said, we've made it through this, so let's take a breather, let's hit pause, and let's step back and just enjoy the peace. But for any of you who have been through a major controversy, a major conflict, you understand that oftentimes things aren't done, that there's more things to work through, that the people who were involved in that may still be around, may still be problematic, may still be abrasive. And so that's what we're going to find today as we come to Acts chapter 15 verses 36 through 41 is we're going to find round two of this conflict and it's going to be a lot more personal and that is oftentimes the case as to what happens if you've been through a, a church controversy or a church conflict or or a disagreement that 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 really kind of overtook for a while the time and the energy and the emotions of a church whenever everything is said and done uh, it really is the fallout afterwards in relationships and personalities where it becomes a lot more personal that it can be truly difficult and maybe even disastrous to faith if we don't handle it correctly. And so with that set up, here we go into Acts chapter 15, verse 36. After some time, and this is after some time after the big controversy and conflict it was over circumcision whether or not the gentiles who were coming into the church needed to keep all of the rites and rituals and circumcision being one of the, the primary or the primary one and the decision was made that that no salvation a relationship with god is is a free gift so we're not going to bind people chain them to old rules and and regulations and and so paul and barnabas were very involved in that from the start they were a part of the catalyst of the conflict and they saw it through all the way to the very end of taking it to the elders and the apostles of the primary church and and bringing it all to a decision point and then they go back home and they breathe 
Then after some time, Paul says to Barnabas, you know what? Let's go back and let's visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. And so it seems as though Paul maybe wants some comfort. Maybe Paul wants some joy. And what what feels natural to Paul after this conflict isn't just necessarily to sit and rest, but to go back and enjoy some of the relationships and some of the conversations that were built and that were formed and that were had during his previous journey to preach the gospel. And I love this because what this says to me is that sometimes the most godly, the most right, the most spiritual thing that you can do is simply check in on people. For for Paul, we, we kind of see Paul as this terminator, as this Arnold Schwarzenegger character of theology, somebody who's a two-dimensional character, a two-dimensional characterization of, of someone who only cares about doctrine, who is only preaching, who is stubborn and who is unloving and, and without compassion and, and is only thus saith the Lord, you need to learn this, you need to live this, you need to believe this, deal with it. It's not really who Paul is. And this is one of those moments where we get some insight into Paul as not just a, a theologian or, or a preacher or a thinker, but also as a human being, as an individual, as a, as a compassionate person. And, and I love that what Paul wants to do is check in on people. You know, this controversy that they had gone through, I am sure that that was spread and gossiped about all across the countryside and in all the churches. There, there is no news that spreads faster than religious controversy. And, and I imagine that probably Paul's name had been drugged through the mud and, and maybe he was a hero in some quarters and I'm certain he was a villain. And others, but but look at what Paul does. Paul, after all of this is done, his his first thing is not to lick his wounds, is not to sit and and feel sorry for himself. But his first reaction right after this is over is to is to go and check on those he loves, go and check on those people who, in some sense, he's responsible for. And go and check in on people who who are on the margins. You know, I know that for so many people, they, they may feel like unless they are standing behind a pulpit, unless they're standing on a platform, unless they're writing a book or leading a study or, or teaching a class, they're not, they're not doing God's work. They're not as important as maybe the, the folks who, who do those things. And that's not true. This, this right here, this is God's work. In fact, in fact, this right here may be the most important work for a Christ follower is to check in on people and make sure that they're okay, especially in times of tension. 
Barnabas agrees. But foreshadowing, we're about to see another little skirmish, another conflict. Barnabas agrees, but he wants to take along John Mark. John Mark is the cousin of Barnabas, and John Mark actually had traveled alongside Paul and Barnabas a few months ago, a year ago or so, whenever they were out traveling to these churches and these cities, the ones that Paul wants to return to. Uh, but John Mark, John Mark up and left, deserted them. We're not told why John Mark up and left or, or deserted them. So we're kind of left to guess as to what that situation was. But it's here where we get the impression that it might have not been a great reason. At least to Paul, it wasn't a good reason for John Mark to have abandoned them. Because whenever Barnabas says, hey, I want to bring John Mark along again with us as we go, Paul, verse 38, disagrees strongly. And the word that's used here um, really is is a lot more volatile. It's a lot stronger word than, than in my translation, disagreed strongly. It's disagreed sharply, disagreed vehemently. Uh, think of the strongest word for disagreement that you can think of. And that's, that's the word in the Greek that's being used here. It's, it's the strongest word for disagreement that you can think of. Um, extremely strong rebuke, extremely strong disgust, extremely strong line drawn in the sand, throw up a wall. Absolutely no, 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 no. I, I, I won't even consider it since John Mark and, and the word here is deserted. So the story that's been written about this is that John Mark essentially deserted them. And perhaps that was the case. And he had not continued along with them in their work. This is a tough one oftentimes for us to come to grips with is that Christ followers aren't always going to agree on everything. And I think we know that, especially because oftentimes we're the ones who are being disagreeable. We're the ones. We're we're the ones who who won't agree on anything, and and that's 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 a danger. That's a rut on the other side of the road that we don't want to fall into. Right? Is is being disagreeable about everything. We don't want to be disagreeable about everything, but we also don't want to live in a Pollyanna world where where there can't be any disagreement or dis difference of opinion on anything. Now, it would be wonderful if it were all rainbows, sunshine, and unicorns with puppy dogs and ice cream and cotton candy at, at all moments in, in the church and in our relationships. But um, yeah, it's just not that way. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Differences of opinion, different perspectives, different thinking is... It actually, it shaves the rough edges off of theology in the church. And it also, it makes sure that we're sharp and, and that we're on point. It actually presses us more further into truth and the right direction 
for us to have different perspectives and and diversity of thinking, of perspective, of skin tone, of gender identity, sexual identity, all of these things, all of these things create a beautiful tapestry that make us better, that make us more beautiful as the bride of Christ. Christ followers aren't going to always agree on everything. And, and I've been in enough um, churches over the years, seen enough conflict and, and been involved in a disagreement or, or difference of perspective or two along the way, which for any pastor is probably an understatement. You see the worst. And one of the most dangerous things that I see in those moments of difference of opinion or of conflict or disagreement, one of the most dangerous things that I see are, are the individuals who, when that happens, they just want everybody to get along. You'll, you'll begin to hear them say, can't we all just get along? Can't you all just love each other? Has having a conversation the other day, and there was a disagreement, and a couple of people in a church, uh, they were on staff, and and the recommendation from the leaders of the church was to just get along. You maybe get some counseling, some therapy. You maybe get some counseling and some therapy, and and let's figure out how to work together. That sweeps the problem under the rug whenever we just say. Hey, work it out and get along because we're not always going to agree on everything. And, and sometimes compromise, sometimes just sweeping it under the rug or getting along, sometimes just setting those things aside is the worst thing that we can do is the wrong thing. Now, not always. Sometimes it's a, interpersonal disagreement or relationship sometimes it's that things need to be held in tension and and this is this is equally okay and this is equally okay and we're just going to accept that that we hold these two differences and and we're still going to live in community and in unity with each other with those things there are those moments but every moment is not that moment Christ followers aren't always going to agree on everything, and that's okay. Their disagreement, though, over this was so sharp that they end up separating. It sounds almost like like little kids. Um, we're not told who's right here. The, the way this is written in the Greek and the words that are used here in the Greek essentially um, gives us absolutely no indication as to whether or not Paul is right on this or whether or not Barnabas is right on this. It gives us no indication as to whether or not Paul is correct that John Mark deserted them and should not be a part of this or whether or not Barnabas is correct and John Mark should be a part of it and Paul just needs to get over it. We don't know. Many people say that probably what happened was is that John Mark was 
a part of the sympathizers and the problem with the Judaizers and the circumcision issue. And so Paul says, no, absolutely not here because John Mark was a part of the earlier conflict and was on the wrong side of things. We don't know, but it's a, it's a highly plausible and maybe even probable theory. Either way, we don't know who is right here. All we know is that the disagreement was so sharp that they end up separating that Barnabas, he goes ahead and takes John Mark with him and he sails for Cyprus in this direction. And then Paul chooses Silas. And as he leaves, the believers entrust him to the Lord's gracious care. And then he travels throughout Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches there. And they both part and they go different directions. Yay, it's a win. Now, not only do we have one team of people out there going to spread the gospel, now we have two out there going to, to spread the gospel. And so, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great thing that, that this happened. Yeah, we're sorry about that. But but now we have to double, double the gospel, double the people who are going to come and understand faith in Jesus. So, um, So maybe it was a good thing. That's crap. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. That is... <sighs> I... I've heard this. Uh, I've, I've heard this. I've heard this more than once. Uh, I'll tell you, many years ago, I was in a church that... Um, suffered a great disagreement and split. Now, I came along to this church about five years or so after the split in order to um, take on the role of senior pastor there. But the effects of that church split, um, it, it was almost like time had paused and they were still in the trauma and the pain and the PTSD from it. They they had, um, as oftentimes happens in traumatic situations, they'd not really been able to move on. And so the primary, the primary thing that I knew that was my mission there was to help them begin to recognize that this has happened, accept it, and start to move forward. And I can remember down on the front after one Sunday service, uh, a, a wonderful lady, incredible lady, came down to me and had um, had an article that was printed off, and and it showed um, it showed two two fetuses in the middle of a, it was a diagram of, of twins in the womb. And the article was essentially saying that that through through the trauma of that first cell, you know, when the the sperm and the egg and and there it is, and and when it it splits, that that trauma that came from it uh, ends up producing in this situation two wonderful, beautiful um, babies. In the end, and and the point of the article was church splits now you have two wonderful beautiful churches um that are there instead of instead of just one and it was 
wasn't advocating for churches splitting, but it was saying, look, look at it through a different lens. And, and I can, I can see the wisdom and, and seeing that and saying, yeah, okay, here's, here's where we are. Um, so let's, let's deal with the hand that, that we've been given and, and make lemonade out of this nasty thing. But it was almost as though the article was saying that the church split was a good thing whenever it happens. And this individual very much was saying, see, the church split was a really good thing. God even statement was made one of it. It was his plan. No. A doubling of ministry due to disagreement does not mean that God was involved or pleased with the precipitating problem. <laughs> it's not the last time I've I've had individuals say that to me. Well, yeah, we know you're we know you're here and then this person's there and then there was there was a parting of ways and that was God's plan. We're we're glad to see we're we're glad to see that that there where God wants them to be now. We're glad to see that you are as well and and this plays itself out in so many different ways in so many different areas of, of our lives and um I understand that oftentimes it's a coping mechanism, but we can't take our coping mechanisms and theologize them. We can't take the pain and the trauma of the things and the disagreements that we've been to, been through, and ordain them and bless them as being holy or being sacred can god take those broken pieces of the things in our life that have happened the differences of opinion the disagreements the the divorces the the trauma the heartaches that have caused division in your life and in your journey can he take those things and and turn them into holy places in your life can he can he still make you a sacred vessel can he still do that for me Absolutely. But God did not cause that trauma and pain. God did not exact that evil in order to create two holy or sacred but separate institutions or individuals. No. It's a bridge too far. We're grateful that for Paul and Silas and that for Barnabas and John Mark's sake that that God was able still to utilize this sharp disagreement in order to, and we'll see this long term, bring health even to Paul and, and John Mark's relationship. But that doesn't make what happened okay. And in your life, if you have walked through something similarly, 
I'm not saying, and God certainly isn't saying, that that the trauma, the disagreements, the drama that you walked through was okay either. Even if the outcome has been wonderful, the ends don't justify the means. This Bible study on Perspective Shift is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes, and we'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We are committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission, that simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to christtable.today, we'd love for you to join our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ's Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our conversation on Perspective Shift. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, well, there's more information on our website about that as well, www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.